this is also like the first time that we get to a bit of a fantasy element because yeah. God, could you imagine if you know we got masks <laughs> for free? <laughs> In the, in the year of Talos, our Lord, 2022, could you imagine? Could, could you imagine? I can't. Welcome to Cattles of Runeterra, episode 66. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hedge. And to keep on continuing this show's wonderful progress, following our recording of Vladimir, we are leaving Noxus and we're not going back. (laughs) (laughs) All things in balance. (laughs) In balance. (laughs) Um. Yeah, one thing we do go back to is housekeeping. We'll never leave that behind. Shameless. Uh, You can listen to us everywhere. Follow us on TikTok for clips and on Twitter to keep up to date on episodes. That's at Podcast Core. That's C-O-R. And you can send an email if you want to get in contact with us. That's at PodcastCore at gmail.com. And visit the website, PodcastCore.com. It's that simple. Has a link to everything. Leave us, you know. A like, a follow, a short review, slash comment. Follow us on everything. Like everything. Comment on everything. That helps. Uh, we really appreciate it, especially if you're a longtime listener. Help us out. But the easiest way is to tell at least one friend to hold their breath while listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, do we, that. We, we, we try to keep a tight schedule here, but our episodes are definitely a little too long to be holding your breath <laughs> while you listen to it. <laughs> So today's going to be a fun one. Um, Once again, our plans were disrupted by the release of another new character and their story immediately. Riot's not playing around. Like, they've been getting out the announcements, and I have the feeling they're probably ahead of schedule uh, and also preparing for the next season of Arcane. Because a lot of this can't be coincidental. But we're back in Piltover's on. Yeah, yeah, we're we're back. And it seems like we're going to be in Piltover and Zon until we get the next arcane which i mean no you and i are not going to complain about as long as we get the next arcane like yeah, immediately there's been afterwards a few stories released that are you know other regions for some other characters that when we go back to stories we'll get you some of those so we can dive deeper um but this one was surprising because earlier this year riot for league of legends released well for all their properties kind of released their or their League of Legends roadmap. So Wild Rift and League of Legends. Sorry, not everything. Um, I forgot how many games they have now. But they said they have characters coming out. um, And one of those being Renata. We didn't have her name at the time. um, But we do. Renata Glask. Which is a great Zonite name. It's perfect Zonite name. And as far as like the actual splash art for Renata too, it... It screams everything about Zahn, which I, I the aesthetic is there. I just don't. I want to know more as to why we're getting it because I mean, Zeri was Zahn, yeah. and Zeri was very much not this. Like Zeri was much more like the Firefly, the Firelight uh, Road. You know, a lot more like Echo, where this is very much a different direction. 
Yeah, this is definitely them building a villain. And it's, I, I, I want to start with a disclaimer before we get into this. Hetch and I were not shy about bringing politics into the show because one great thing about League of Legends and their lore is that they write politics very well. It allows these worlds to be lively. Although we know in the real world, we already deal with enough. Um, too bad. There's more and, of it. <laughs> and to spoil like a bit of this story, Renata is really living the American dream. So <laughs> we're, we can't be shy about it because it's in the story. And once we get there, you'll, you'll understand why. Yeah. And I've talked to, you know, previous episodes and I'll definitely be making comments about how essentially socialism is represented in, in this work uh, to start off because it's. It, it this her bio is pretty ambitious and it doesn't really nail all the points. Um, we talked about in Zeri's story where it was just lackluster. This one has some guff to it, uh, but there are some points where it's like, okay, you got to go a little bit deeper on that to kind of earn that piece, and we'll get there. Um, so let's talk about it. Chemical imbalance. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so so there's so this is not going to have chemtech at all, right? No, zero chemtech. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Renata had a tough life. That's it. Welcome to Zon. <laughs> That's the episode. All right, uh, so to wrap this episode up, well, I mean, like, the as far as the opening of it, it is the stereotypical, you know, tough life upbringing where it's going to be coming from a poor family. But in Renata's case, her parents were very – brilliant and well-esteemed alchemists that use their gifts for healing whether or not people could pay for it yeah. they they had a vision to help other people and they paid for that vision at their own well-being yeah yeah and it's it's a very extreme case uh because it's it's almost sort of an obsession right uh and that's the point here that first kind of was like okay where are you going with this because there's a disconnect at the beginning here between um, Renata's, like, I guess, childhood and her parents. It's almost like her parents are workaholics, so they never even interact in any way. Like, she has no understanding of why they do what they do. She's just the, on the receiving end of it, right? She talks about how, you know, they care about the community. They're always giving treatments regardless of if it's affordable or not, which is great. Um, but what this meant was they sacrificed themselves and their daughter, and she grew up resenting them due to sometimes just having nights where she didn't have dinner, right? Uh, and she started to essentially create this dream for herself of just being rich and wealthy and not having having everything beyond her imagination that she wanted without having to struggle um, despite having gifted parents, right? Yeah, and uh, a cool thing as far as with this is that we get a bit of a time frame as far as for uh, with the in look the, of Arcane because Renata as a child is looking towards the Sun Gate yeah. and imagining herself taking the wheel of Piltover, you know, being at the head of all of the commerce and trade and having riches at her command due to the sun gate, which thanks to arcane, we know that that would kind of place her to be younger, you know, yeah. either same age or younger than Caitlin, 
if not same age as like Echo and Jinx. Exactly. That that's a great placement of the time frame there. So, you know, this is how her kind of young life is a little bit we get. And then she gets a bit older and she kind of figures out that, oh, I'm not like my parents, right? Like I don't have the gifts they have for the work they do. Uh, but what I do have a knack for is getting that moolah. Uh, she's a born capitalist. <laughs> All right, Ryan. That, and this is it's like these are two fun points because one, <laughs> this is a first Piltover and Zon character that we get that's not a genius. Yeah. All right. Like that's like uh, to the defense of Renata, she's very gifted economically. Yes. Like you know, she's business savvy. So there's, it's not that she's dumb, but. Just by the nature of all of the Piltover and Zod characters we've gotten, she's dumb. Yeah. Like in comparison. So that's one fun point. And then two, this sets the whole tone of the story because it's basically written from her perspective. So if you're not a capitalist, the story's <laughs> gonna sound insane. And if you're a capitalist, you're just gonna read it and go, Man, her parents are dumb. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The dumbest people ever. And that's the only two tones that this story has. <laughs> so this is where we get to the point where so at, at this point I'm like, okay, this is kind of a rough start. And they do get to a point where I'm like, okay, cool. This kind of explains a bit more. So real, real, real talk about some politics right now. So with what her parents are doing, it's a great example of trying to operate in one system, you know, being socialist with medicine while still living in Zon, which so we're not even talking about Piltover. So we're talking about Zon in that capitalist kind of dog eat dog um, world where you don't have a system that facilitates what you're trying to do. So even though you're trying to do good, you get punished for it. This is why you don't see people, you know, who want, you know, people to be taxed more and they're like, oh, just pay more taxes then. Well, no, because you're paying more taxes of your own with good intent into a system that's not going to distribute it properly, right? This is the same outcome. And what happens is Renata sees this, which this is the good part, is she's like, okay, well, what if we you know, finagle it a bit where we create a system for wealthy people where we offer them this high-end service healthcare-wise, use the proceeds from that to then help the people who can't afford it. And this is a great idea, right? It, it, it's, it's a compromise made within the system they live in, and it allows them to essentially come out of poverty themselves. Um, they're able to help the people they need to help. They're able to increase their client base, get their name out there, the Glask name, and then um, have some for themselves to have yep. some fun. R Renata is like, okay, this is a way to achieve my dream of finally getting yeah. that money. Finally um, eating dinner. That's, and, my, that's my goal in life. And it, this is, this is a, what you would imagine would be a stepping point, except yeah. that Renata is still the kid, which means that her parents are still in charge. So her parents do this. It does work exactly the way that Renata thinks it's going to work. But her parents immediately take like 100% of all the <laughs> proceeds that they're making and funnel it back into their research. So Renata's still going to bed hungry. Yeah, so they basically turn to Steve, right? Gabe's like, we're going to keep <laughs> making things and not release them. <laughs> and Renata's oh, no. like, I'm so hungry. <laughs> Half Life Three, Half Life Three, <laughs> win. 
So yeah, they they put all their money back to the research, which this is the part that kind of emphasizes the obsessive nature of what they do. Because we listen, we've talked about enough genius inventors and scientists in Runeterra. We know how they get, and that's kind of the part I wanted them to elaborate and focus more on was the relationship between her parents, them being geniuses, and getting to this point. Because this stuff is like it's like three paragraphs, and we're here, right? And the concepts here are a lot to kind of just gloss over. Maybe in the future we'll get more details, like a flashback or, you know, something to kind of flesh out what happens afterwards. But here we are. So they spend it all on R&D and, you know, they focus on the chemtech that they're trying to develop, which is supposed to extend the life of their sickest patients. So people who are essentially terminal, right? And, you know, the one thing that they can't get past is these have really bad side effects, like every medicine that we use, uh, diarrhea, upset stomach, the general ones. Hey, Pepto-Bismol. But two, you don't really get, uh, which is it makes the person taking it very impressionable and also violent. That's bad, right? A person Uh, who can easily be swayed to do something who also is quick to pop off and of course we can't really look at this new development within their medicine without putting on the shades of arcane and we do know from arcane that a lot of the experimentation uh, that silco has with shimmer causes a lot of aggression i wouldn't say necessarily susceptibility because the what we see in the show the these people aren't necessarily fully in control of their their emotions at all so the the fact of having susceptibility this might be in the time frame that we get to like late arcane show um but this very well could be renata's parents experimenting with shimmer with the more medicinal side of it and still can't get past that aggression um but we don't know for certain. It does not say in her bio whether or not that this is Shimmer that the Glasks are working on. But they, we have to kind of put that shade on. We have to imagine it has to be Shimmer, right? Yeah, I mean, especially with the fact we talked about Zeri coming out so quickly, Renata coming out so quickly. This is all in service of something, and we kind of have an idea what that something is. So we kind of keep that in the background. Um But this is where we get our step into the dark side, and this is where we can honestly say there's a lack of parenting, is uh, Renata now being fed up with her parents essentially wasting their money. So this is an interesting way of putting it, um, because even though Renata is coming to a, a conclusion that still helps the sick people and the poor people, she still doesn't see that as a goal, right? Her goal is to make money. Right. And to gain power. So she still sees it as wasting money. So she says, okay, there's side effects. Fuck it. We'll sell the side effects. That's a benefit. Everything is a plus, baby. And tell me something more American than that <laughs> response of just like, what? Okay. How do we sell it? I don't care what the side effects do. Yeah. How do we sell it? If, if you have a bit of time, uh, I, you know, look into some of the pharmaceutical practices and companies over time and how a lot of the medicines we have today are R&D that wasn't going as well and got turned into something else. Um, happens more often than not. And hey, this is essentially what she's operating with is a pharmaceutical interest. It happens uh, so much. Yeah. 
so much, but that that's kind of a depressing read. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what, what what happens to Renata after you know getting bitter about the you know like so does she go and sell it and everything? Oh wait, no, because the very next step is that Piltover is now going. Hey, who are these glasses? <laughs> <laughs> Who's selling these? Uh under the radar drugs these narcotics yeah. um, that aren't going through the system and, and this this part of the story is one of the reasons why we keep kind of bringing in a lot of north american politics mm-hmm. here because this is again something that if you you go and read into american history happens a good bit um because we get a we get a moment where the elites of piltover they start looking into the this zonite medical group that is closing the gap between the wages in medicine and Zon, yep. thus stepping upon their profits. And the no lie, the bio just says that not willing to have anything threaten their bottom line, they pay off a handful of enforcers to quote take care of it <laughs> and if it's this too is real like it, it's like you can argue all you want that it's not like america like this isn't something that happens in the in the u.s and whether or not the you want to have that argument is a different thing this is also just straight up a hollywood storyline too <laughs> just like oh we were doing fine until that damn corporation stepped in <laughs> yeah and dealing with it was just burning the house down which is kind of a rough way to handle it that just burnt the house down just arson <laughs> yes <laughs> it's zon so you can get away with a lot more here uh and during that incident which happened while they were sleeping renata did try to save her parents and she failed unfortunately and lost an arm in the process and this kind of takes us to the next point in her life so let's do a quick recap um we have a seemingly neglected child um who then loses both parents a limb and is hyper obsessed with capitalism. There's your villain story. You did it. <laughs> it's that simple. It's as simple as that. Like this. <laughs> this is just you know bullet point one, two, three, done. Yep. Ship it. <laughs> <laughs> so she makes it out um, alive, which is you know a benefit there. Uh, but one she th- she makes it out with is uh, the remaining research from her parents and then she has a focus she's like that's it my parents are kind of out of the picture unfortunately but my focus from this point forward is money and power and i want an empire that's it um hetch mentioned the uh sun gate and that's what she focuses on for because uh, one thing we probably should mention in a lot of depictions that we have for renata and as she is in the, as a character she's an older woman so we're getting a lot of her life kind of like fast forwarded through um, to where we have her now as a character. So this is like young adult um, where she's kind of building her empire one bit at a time. Uh, she ends up being the person behind the curtains for a lot of small time operations, builds a lot of relationships with the wrong people, uh, but she will still help people in need because, you know, it's in her blood, but at a price. And that price is not free never free and whether or not they can pay in coin doesn't matter to her she's like okay you don't have the money that's fine you're going to work for me 
Yeah. I, well, you can pay, and you can pay in loyalty and in blood, sweat, and tears. And I, uh, I, the first thing that I kind of put this to when I read through that is that it's like, okay, cool. Now we're now we're kind of getting into something that's not necessarily Western media at last, yeah. because my f- brain immediately jumped to My Hero Academia, and it's uh, you know the all for one yeah it's like okay yeah no no come here come here my child (laughs) i'll take care of you and i'll steal your quirk and i will become all powerful (laughs) exactly and this is where renata takes another step into the darkness is that with this train of thought she's essentially become too smart for her own good right she's too consumed by the system and she starts to look at the environment around her and she sees a lot of genius in Zon and she sees that as a rare lucrative commodity, something that hasn't been commoditized yet in these slums. And she devised a plan to essentially invest in these, you know, destitute youths with talent for innovation at a cost, right? And this is where she essentially stumbles upon indentured servitude, which is bad. This is bad. <laughs> Especially being from Cuban descent, I, I have a lot of very personal feelings towards the idea of indentured servitude. My grandfather directly went through it. So, yeah, it not good. Yeah. Not, not good. Not good. Um, you know, it's one thing to to always seek some type of payment. It's another thing to prey on marginalized, vulnerable groups for your gain, because the next thing we find out is after she stumbles across his plan and puts it into action, profits start to skyrocket, because that's essentially how slavery works. <laughs> you have no bottom line. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's I mean, profit. Yeah, if you don't have to if you don't have to pay your workers, where's that money gonna go? <laughs> to my offshore account, of course. Exactly. Um, and and we do know thanks to uh, especially now that we have new stories like Zary and Renata coming in is that there is no shortage of genius within Zon as far as when it comes to the use. Uh, we, we talk a lot about Zeri and Echo recently, thanks to Zeri's story, but we also know from Arcane that people like Victor were picked up at a young age from Zon before going to the Academy and Piltover. So, these young kids can do a lot like they they're not just you know playing around with their toys they they are truly making a lot of innovative work and Renata's exploiting it yeah yeah it 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 sucks to see but it, you know it, at this point now we're getting to some character building was like okay this is how you build a villain and we'll get to the end and we'll have a little discussion on where we think this is going hopefully um, because I think a lot of people have been on Twitter lately like, huh, this story has made a lot of people feel a certain way for good reason. Um, but there's still, you know, more that needs to be fleshed out. But this prophet is directly what leads her to finally stepping out of the shadows and establishing Glask Industries. So it's build on blood money, baby. Um, and she purchases not one, but many in the future, many factories. Uh, that hold this name, and that's when she starts manufacturing her high-end chemtech products that she's advertising to the wealthy. 
Yeah, and this is also when she officially becomes a Kim Baron. A part of this expansion is that she does end up butting heads with the other Kim Barons. This is something that I like about her story, which is that she's butting heads with these other Kim Barons, and then she buys them out. Yeah. Like, it is not a thing of, like, constant hostile takeovers, uh, which a lot of, like, the Runeterra stories kind of lean more towards. Yeah. Uh, so this is a refreshing thing because so much of the story is built into the idea of capitalism, and Renata doesn't stray away from that. It's like, hey, look, no, 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 you've got a fine business going on here, so instead of butting heads – what is it going to take for me to get you to be a part of my company? Like that is very much sticking to her character. But the, the, this expansion means that once she expands big enough into Zon, she's got to look outside and what's the closest city Piltover baby. Um, yeah, exactly. This moves us into like the third part of this story, um, where she's, you know, established industries, She's moved throughout Zaun, established her factories. She now has a name as a Canberran, but she's still in the shadows because one thing that we know in this story so far is she doesn't have that narcissist element, right? She wants wealth. She wants power, but it's not that she wants her face on everything. She doesn't want the glorification. She just wants to know that she owns this this chunk of the world or the world as a whole. Yeah. She doesn't care what what picture is on the $100 bill. She exactly. just wants as many of them as she can get. <laughs> Great way of putting it. So we now move into the incident that kind of rockets her into the stratosphere, which is one day there's a chemical accident, which that, that always happens. But this is one of the biggest ones that have happened in decades in Zon, And it causes a big issue. And immediately she moves um, Glask Industries into action. And what they do? They send every resident of Zon a free mask with filters um, so that they can breathe. And free here is definitely in quotation marks because if you've been listening up to this point and you don't understand, she does not like socialism. <laughs> yep. Uh, and this is also like the first time that we get to a bit of a fantasy element because, yeah. God, could you imagine if, you know, we got masks for free? <laughs> In the, in the year of Talos, our Lord, 2022? Could you imagine? Could, could you imagine? I can't. I can't. All right, episode's can't. over, man. I gotta go cry there. <laughs> I don't know how I did not even think of that. That, that completely... I'm sorry. All the deep thought while reading this, that did he, oh my goodness. I'm sorry you had to figure out this way. Could you imagine? I'm sorry you had to figure out this way. Oh my goodness. Listeners. Microsoft um, bought Activision and Blizzard and (laughs) we still didn't get masks. Retro, okay, listen. Retroactive trigger warning. Uh, the elements in the story. <laughs> uh, That's too good. Yeah, it's definitely a fantasy element. But yeah, she sends masks to every individual. And now she's essentially established herself in the mainstream as this benevolent um, leader of this company that cares about the people of Zon. And now she has ultimate loyalty from the people of Zon. And this is the first time that even shopkeepers are starting to appreciate her designs and they're starting to actually fill their stores with them. So now glass industry products are 
everywhere. Not just that, even events, um, what you would consider a fashionista or people who are like influencers want all her stuff. They love her stuff. They want to go visit her galas. They want to sit in her opera houses. And, you know, that's not her plan. She doesn't care. It's all icing on the cake at that point. Because what started this off is what she cared about. Because her true goal is to own the fucking Sungate, right? Remember, big picture here for her. And because if you own the Sungate, you own the flow of trade, and that allows you to control the world. Um, We've talked about the Sungate in other episodes as well. Listen to all of our Arcane stuff, um, because the Sungate is talked about in Arcane. Yeah, Um, and the Sungate is very important to Arcane because it's a direct... Uh, effect of the developments of Hextech. And Arcane is, the whole show is picking up at the beginning of Hextech. Whereas where we are in League of Legends is well after Hextech has been in the Piltover lexicon. So it's very important as far as to the show of Arcane. So if you listen to those episodes, we definitely hit on it. Um, But I mean, now this really is the, the kind of penultimate point of glask industries where she really renata really is at the top with her company and this is the first time that she actually has a chance to stake a claim to the Sungate, and that's kind of where her story ends except with this nice little so sinister yeah. mention that every glask product has the uh, the test medicine that her parents were working on side effects and all ready to be used so if anyone's a futurama fan out there (laughs) it's kind of like how all the robots are like under the doomsday button that mom has where she could just instigate a revolution at the push of a button and renata is straight up doing that except without the jokes yeah she's essentially holding zon hostage without them knowing it and this is the part of the story. Now we can kind of get in the reflection point um, of this kind of how everyone is. Resp- I think everyone's having this visceral response to this, this bio. It's, it's both in my mind lacking, but also has a sort of genius to how it's written because people love the character design, right? It's, it's a lot different from, you know, league doesn't stray too far, right? It doesn't stray too far with their designs, but this is a lot different from how they're presenting it. Her kit is a lot different for what it does. And then also her story um, has some elements into it that are very dark, right? And are very real and close to home um, when it comes to these things. So that, and then you even factor in, this is clearly prepared for some involvement in Arcane. If she doesn't show up in Arcane, it'd be kind of wasted at this point. I know Uh, production doesn't happen in a year, um, but even a mention of her name or a quick glimpse of a poster or something, I think she'll have to play into it uh, because of this influence. And this last bit is the part that's like, okay, that's a huge thing. So Renata's done some shady shit all the way up to this point, but nothing America hasn't done. That last part, (laughs) that last part is something villainous because she's essentially saying that with all she's done, she's not ready to lose at any cost. If she loses, everyone loses. And that's a personality trait up to this point we weren't really aware of is that she's willing to make that type of sacrifice um which is it's concerning it's it's like it it puts her in a point now in my opinion 
where as a character, and this is the part where it's like, okay, what's going to happen next? As a character, redeeming her is essentially gone. You've gone to the point of no return. Yeah. Uh, and and like I mentioned when we were talking about the initial growth of Glask Industries under Renata, like I was mentioning how it was refreshing that her takeover into like becoming one of the head Kim Barons was still under that capitalist mindset. Like there wasn't, you know, hit, sending hit squads to all of these priority targets and just, you know, blood flowing through the streets until she won you know she was still doing it in the business savvy way and this is the first time that they kind of mentioned that she's ready to kill yeah uh and it's a really big scale that she's planning to kill on too like this isn't a thing of like oh yeah i have like trained assassins with these priority people in mind no i'm gonna kill everybody if if this goes south all right so you make the deal (laughs) Or we're all dead. Like and that's kind of like the scale is way skewed in yeah. that regard. But I I think it's important, like you mentioned, that it makes her it, it makes her unredeemable. Like we know that this is going to be a villain, yeah. and there's no way to stop it. Um, there is one way, but oh. I won't reveal that here. Oh, and I'll let oh. Hatch know off of the call here um but uh, once we get more stories because i want i want to withhold my opinions on this overall because and Hedge, i'll get you know i want to know what you think overall as a story because this was definitely something that immediately i saw the twitter comments about people not really liking the story much or having a sour taste in their mouth i started reading it i had that same sour taste that's why i start off this episode kind of giving you the feeling i had and then as i read more i was like okay it's getting more rounded uh, and then where it leaves off is like, oh, okay, that's that. This is a big story, so it definitely leaves me in the place of let me have some more first before I give it any hard, concrete. Oh, this was a bad one, right? I, I think I think one the fact that you can give a story that is still coherent while giving a sour taste is a sign of a good story. Yeah. Like it, all good stories aren't supposed to ha- make you have a fuzzy feeling inside there's an entire you know like talk to any horror fan um and they'll they'll let you know that like some of the best horror movies kind of get under their skin Uh, but like they enjoy it because it's making their skin crawl exactly um now i do think though one i find this entirely refreshing because every dark story that riot has given us in the world of league of legends so far has been more of a fantasy angle you know like there are some really heavy hitters as far as story wise when we look at like the shadow isles and bilgewater even in the frail yard like a lot of those stories are dark like they, they there's no fuzzy feelings but they're very fantastical like i know none of that could happen for real yeah this story there is so much <laughs> that i can point to and say that crap like that happens for real yeah. and that's like and i think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing such a visceral reaction from people but for me that's refreshing yeah it's like okay great piltover and zon is supposed to be the advanced city of this fantastical world and if it's going to be more advanced than this like kind of medieval world it's supposed to look more like ours yep 
and I think that that's I think that that's good. But I do need more because otherwise, as refreshing as that angle is, it. <laughs> Renata's story is not that unique once you think about it in real world terms of like yeah that every corporation in the United States of America has some kind of dark element to it there's there are so many clickbait stories for any company that you can search on that's going to show you the dark underbelly of capitalism so this isn't unique when you think of it that way and therefore I need more Beautifully said, my friend. And with that, thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with another episode. We mean it this time. We we do mean it this time. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, everybody.